Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. From September until last week, we worked our way through the entirety of the scriptures uh, by, by working our way through the story curriculum. And over those 31 weeks, immersed in this overarching story of the scriptures, we encountered an almighty God, a powerful God, a God who is beyond all, uh, beyond all comprehension. And yet what we also saw repeatedly in the story is that this almighty God is intimately involved in the life of his creation. He's a God who creates life, he sustains life, and he gives eternal life to all who believe in Jesus Christ. And as we read through the Bible, and as we read a whole host of Bible stories over these last 31 weeks, I often said to you, even when we were immersed in the Old Testament, I, I said things to you like, and you are part of this story. As we read these old stories, you are part of this story. Even as we read stories like Daniel and the lion's den, you are part of this story. And it's not that you were actually in the lion's den with Daniel, but we believe that that is an actual historical account of something that actually happened. But how are you part of that story and all the others? Is that its effects bear out in your lives. Right? Had it not been for these stories and God's hand and involvement in that example of Daniel's life, and the provisional hand he gave to the exiles and return to the promised land to prepare the way for the Christ, and so on and so forth. We are written into the pages of the scriptures. God's story is continuing to unfold in your life and in my life. You are part of this story. The word of God is living and moving and active and breathing. God's word is not just ancient words written on a page, put in a book, to set on a shelf. These words are living and active. And when his word is spoken, God is at work in your life. Now over the next eight weeks, we are going to look at our 150-year-old mission as a congregation. St. Peter and Paul Lutheran Church here in the Copper Country. And, and we're doing this in order to see how our history is actually his story. Our history as a church is actually his story. It's an ongoing part of God's story. Our church is 150 years old this year. And again, I want you to mark your calendars, if you didn't hear during the announcements, for July 23rd. On July 23rd, we're having one service at 10 a.m. So just one service, this place will be packed. There's a lot of visitors and college alumni and all sort of people coming into town for that day. So 10 a.m., one service. Uh, and then in the afternoon, we'll go to the Keweenaw Base Camp and have, a, have an afternoon of food and uh, fun and fellowship. They've got a private lake and kayaks and canoes and swimming and beach and volleyball and hiking and all sorts of stuff. We'll have entertainment and all kinds of good food. So uh, please mark your calendars for July 23rd. Now, as we come upon this 150 year anniversary of this congregation, we're going to spend some time looking at the original mission statement of this congregation, which dates back to the first draft of our Constitution in 1868. And even in the last couple of years, we've revised uh, some of our Constitution and bylaws, uh, but this mission remains unchanged. And so what we're going to do in these sermons over the next eight weeks is, is look at one phrase at a time of this mission, and we'll see how God's mission is unchanging. 
So let me first read for you this, this entire mission statement, and then I'll show uh, what it is we're going to focus on today. It says this, The purpose of this congregation shall be to give honor and glory to God, to carry out His will, to assist in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the world, to manifest the unity of our faith in Jesus Christ as God and Savior, to foster Christian fellowship and love, to extend a helping hand in human need, and to achieve our objectives by the preaching of the Word of God, by the administration of the sacraments, and by the religious instruction of all its members according to the confessional standards of the Evangelical Lutheran Church. Now, it's, it's a mouthful, all right, uh, but, but it is true. And, and so, again, what we're going to do is focus on one phrase at a time. And so today, we'll focus on this first phrase. The purpose of this congregation is, first of all, to give honor and glory to God. And so we're, we're even going to break this down further today and do one word at a time uh, with honor and glory. So let's look at the word honor first. What, is, what does honor mean? Uh, to honor something means to, uh, to, uh, to have, have it held in high esteem or high, uh, high respect, right? So if you honor somebody, you give them high respect or, or high esteem. On this Memorial Day weekend... If you go to any cemetery locally or throughout the country, you will see uh, you, will, you will see headstones uh, and, and um, places where people where veterans have been buried, marked with the American flag. On this Memorial Day weekend, we give honor to those who have died, uh, either in current or active service to this country, or those who served as and, and were veterans who then uh, passed away for natural causes. We honor those who have given their lives for our sake. Whenever we honor someone, we give them the recognition that is due to them. So again, for those of you that have served in the military, are currently actively serving in the military, or have loved ones who have served in the military and, and are no longer with us, uh, we give you our heartfelt thanks uh, for your service and, and for theirs, for, uh, for fighting and going to battle on our behalf. In the last week, I've had uh, two burials. Uh, last Saturday, we had a burial for Gene Anderson, uh, who uh, was, was at the, when he died, the oldest member of our congregation. He died a couple of months ago, uh, but we just had his burial this last Saturday. Uh, Gene served in the military. Um, I, I had forgotten, but I heard again at his burial that he actually served uh, in the Manhattan Project, uh, which led to the development of the uh, the, the nuclear weapon that ended uh, the, the Second World War. And so um, quite, a, quite a service, I suppose, to this country. So we had Gene's burial. And then this last week, I had, had the burial for our brother, Paul Sporowski, who died a little over a week and a half ago. And he, too, was a veteran. And but both of their uh, places of, of burial are marked with flags. And when I was in the cemetery, the veterans uh, had placed uh, flags all over the cemetery. And at those, uh, at those committal services, uh, a larger flag was also presented to the family in, in, in recognition and respect for their service to honor them. We honor those who have died fighting for, on our behalf. Uh, we, we give them honor because of what they have done for us. They're worthy of our honor. Now, in the mission of this church, this congregation, and not just this congregation, but, but the, the church throughout the world and throughout time. In the mission of this church, first and foremost, we honor God. We honor God. Why do we honor God? Why is this first and foremost in our mission statement? Well, if it's not obvious, everything 
that we do is all about Him. It's all about God. Everything that we have comes from Him, and everything that we have hopefully returns to Him. Everything. God is our Creator. He is the one who brought all that is into existence with the speaking of His lips. And he is the one who has remained faithful to his people who have been anything but faithful. And if you learn anything in the story, I hope you saw that. I hope throughout the story you saw how unfaithful God's people are in a repetitive, ongoing, sin-filled nature. And yet how God is faithful and just. And even though it seems as though his people are failing and falling apart, God never lets them completely fall apart. He always provides a way out for them. And God is the one who has provided that way out for us through his son, Jesus Christ. God is the one who sent his son into this world with the mission to seek and to save those who are lost. And Jesus has come into your life into your broken, sin-filled life and deliver to you grace upon grace and mercy upon mercy, even though you and I have been anything but faithful in return to him. We are absolutely unworthy of his love, unworthy of his grace, and he extends it to us enemies. This is why he is absolutely worthy of our honor. Absolutely worthy of our honor because of who he is. So first and foremost, the purpose of this congregation is to give honor to God. We give honor to God, and then we also give him glory. So what does it mean to give glory? To give someone glory means to worship or to praise. Right? If you are going to glorify someone or something, it means that you are going to worship them and praise them. If you think about it, in our relationship with God... We don't have much that we can actually give to him that's worth much of anything. Right? I mean, what do we have to give in exchange for what he has given to us? We don't have much, but what does he ask of us? Is to worship him and to praise him because he is good and gracious and merciful. So why would we not? God asks us to give him glory and praise to his name, and so that is what we do. On the front of your bulletin, uh, kind of in the background, is a picture of the altar that's in our chapel. Here's a picture of it. I don't know the date of this picture, uh, but this is in the old sanctuary, and you can see that, uh, you can see on the top, there's garland decorating the, the church, and we have some other pictures of this time as well, uh, with an old wood-burning stove uh, or wood-burning fireplace right there in the sanctuary as well, decked up for Christmas. You can only imagine uh, what that Christmas must have been like. But uh, as, for those of you, if you haven't been here before, uh, this altar uh, we, we have in our chapel here. So this church, if you're new here, this, this building, this facility was built in 2009. The original structure still exists. It's over in Hancock. Um, and it was originally built in 1867 and added on uh, throughout the years. But this altar uh, was placed in that, in that sanctuary early on. And as we talk about giving God glory and worshiping and praising Him as a congregation, you know, I, I wonder how many people received the Lord's Supper 
from this altar in those 140 some years before moving here. How many, how many people sat at the foot of this altar and confessed their sins to God Almighty? How many couples gathered together at the foot of this altar to commit themselves uh, to, to marriage? You see the baptismal font there right in front as well. That's also in our chapel, chapel and, it, and it says in German on it, uh, Do not hinder the little children, but let them come to me, for my kingdom belongs to such as these. Thousands of people have been baptized through the ministry of this church throughout its 150 years. You, you just you, you ponder how gracious and merciful God is. And how vast and big and large His grace and His mercy is for people. This is one congregation we're talking about with 150 years of ministry. Remarkable. And then you, you look around the community and all the churches where God's name is being honored and praised. And then throughout the world, throughout time, throughout space, we share in the unity of the worship and praise of an almighty God whose salvation is vast and beyond measure. And this God comes to meet us in intimate ways and he knows us. This God comes to us and gives us grace upon grace and all he asks of us in return is to do what? Worship and praise him. To give him the honor that is due his name. And we come to do that. And the story continues to this day as we gather here in this facility to worship and to praise our almighty God for who he is. And who is this king of glory, the psalmist asks in Psalm 24 today. Who is this king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord who is strong in battle for you and for me? Who is this king of glory, the Lord of hosts is he, says the psalmist. We gather together at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ, under whose feet is all of creation. His rule and his reign is far and it is vast, and yet again he knows you intimately. He knows how many hairs you have on your head, he knows your name, he knows your thoughts before you say them. He knows who you are. This is the story of who God is and who you are. You are dearly loved by him. You are immensely important in his story. Your gifts that God has blessed you with are for the sake of the building up of this body. If you were not here, you would be sorely missed. And for every one of you that come and participate here, we give God thanks and praise for the building up of his body and his kingdom in this world. You are necessary. You are loved, even though every one of us, me included, are broken and beaten by the tides of sin in this world. Jesus has come for us to rescue us, to redeem us. Jesus rose for us, and he's coming back to make all things new. Trust him, my friends. He is who he says he is, and he's for you. So, again, we're talking about the mission of this church. And the mission of this church, first and foremost, the mission, the purpose of this church is first and foremost to what? Give honor and glory to God. To give honor and glory to God. So maybe you're thinking, what does this have to do then with the, the mission of this church? How does giving honor and glory to God have anything to do with what it is that we do as the church? 
Well, it has everything to do, first and foremost, with getting the relationship right. Acknowledging who's in control and who's actually giving the mission. You know, on this Memorial Day weekend, as we give God thanks for the veterans uh, who've served in the military, we can use a, a military uh, image to, to get the gist of this. If you think about the military, as someone of lower rank will give honor right, to their superior officer. And if that superior officer gives uh, someone of lower rank an order and a mission to do, they do it, right? Because there is respect and there is honor for that rank and for that order. If there was no rank or order, any officer or soldier could do whatever they wanted and thought best at any time and there would be absolute chaos. As we work in this relationship with our God, first and foremost in our mission, we need to recognize who He is. We give Him honor and we give Him glory in order that we can hear His command. And His command comes to us in this way. The last words of Jesus were, Go into the world to all nations, baptizing and teaching them. And I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is, my friends, your mission and mine as a church. It's not just mine as pastor. It is all of ours as Christian people to collectively bring the good news of Jesus Christ into this world. And I tell you, you know that this world is desperately in need of this peace of Jesus Christ. This dark and dreary world is desperately in need of the light of Jesus Christ. This world that faces death and decay is desperately in need of the promise of resurrection and new life. And who will go and bring it? Will you, my friends, in Christ? Our job, our mission, is to go and to plant the seeds of the gospel. To live as though we actually believe Jesus is who he says he is, and that he's actually coming back to make all things new, and then we let the Holy Spirit give growth. And when the harvest is ready, Jesus is coming back. But it all begins here, getting the relationship right. And so first and foremost, the mission of this church is to give honor and glory to God. In his name, amen.